Quinn Priester might be a really good pitching prospect. He might be way more than that. We just have no way of knowing, and it's not just as it relates to him. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey. I also offer up daily shots of Steelers and Penguins where you found this. Priester was one of the prospects who spoke with reporters yesterday in Bradenton where the Pirates have their minor league camp ongoing. And in watching the video of this, our Alex Stumpf, uh, our beat writer for DK Pittsburgh Sports, is down there. And watching the interview session that he had, I was really struck by this particular quote from him you know especially after the first spring training got banged last year and just or maybe or two years ago and then last year was weird being COVID and stuff so there's still some new things that we're still learning but it's really good to be down here and in good weather with everybody again uh just you know everybody's working together working through things that you know everyone's working through in february so uh you know it's fun to go through those things you know with guys like-minded guys and um, just really smart people, honestly, too. He's so right. I mean, look, the pandemic has impacted the entire world in all walks of life. And baseball is certainly no exception. So I don't want to make baseball sound special, but baseball is special when it comes to the unpredictability of prospects and the volatility for better or worse, of those prospects' development. And I'd argue that no prospect in any system was more impacted in this regard than Priester was. Do you remember, and I understand people were paying attention to other stuff at the time, but back in the summer of 2020, when Baseball rankings were still occurring even though there was no minor league baseball. We got to see 60 games in the majors. We didn't get to see any in the minors. Players were sent to satellite camps like the one that the Pirates had in Altoona. But more often than not, they couldn't even cobble together enough players because of the limited bodies allowed to have a reasonable scrimmage. They were modifying all the rules, doing whatever they could to try to simulate baseball action for the few dozen players they were allowed to house there. Well, some of you might also recall that Priester wasn't one of those. He'd only been drafted a year earlier, and the decision was made to just kind of, you know, let him chill because he wasn't going to be close enough to make any kind of difference for Pittsburgh, which was going to need to utilize players and pitchers from Altoona over the course of the short season, which they did. And then came the fall. There still wasn't real baseball. There was no Arizona Fall League or anything like that. But there was Instructional League. And that, of course, happened in Bradenton, as it always does for the Pirates. And down there, Priester floored people. Whatever it was that he was doing, whatever scouts and other independent evaluators were seeing from him in this setting 
had reasonable minds who were not at all affiliated with the pirates suggesting that he could become, that he was on a path to becoming the number one pitching prospect in all of baseball. From Instructs, which was wild. And it did get the people who are the real diehards around here that really pay attention to the Pirates and the system and everything excited, as it should have. When you see some of the names who were saying these things about Priester at the time, you didn't care if it was Instructs or if it was Game 7 of the World Series. Well, here we are more than a year later, and a year of actual baseball later, and Priester still looks pretty good. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. In 20 starts for High A Greensboro, Priester had a 3.04 ERA, struck out 98, walked 39 over 97 in two-thirds innings. One point. 239 whip, all of which were pretty nice numbers. He was left in Greensboro, even though he could have been promoted, as part of a plan that I've described to you in, in other contexts where Ben Charrington really wanted to see uh, that group of players, the one with Nick Gonzalez and Leo Verpaguero and a bunch of other good pitchers, try to win a championship to get that winning feeling so that when they come to Pittsburgh, they have some of that. They've built up some of not just camaraderie, but also that understanding of the kind of sacrifice that's involved for a team to win. I like the idea. I, I wasn't wild about not seeing them move up like as individuals, but that part really resonated with me. And Priester, by himself, did well. Actually finished stronger than he started, but overall, did well. And while you didn't see, hear, or read any more of the crazy glowing stuff from Instructs the previous year, you did see that he emerged as a consensus top 40 prospect in all of baseball. Not pitchers, but all prospects. In addition to being the consensus number two prospect in the pirate system behind only O'Neill Cruz. That's pretty good. I keep using that phrase, but that's that's what that is. It's exciting, it's intriguing, and at the same time, we just don't know. Remember here, please, this was Priester's age 20 season that he just had in 2021. He's still a child when it comes to baseball development. There's no chance that he won't start this coming season, which will happen for minor leaguers regardless, in Altoona, 
And that's cool. You would like to think that if he does well in Altoona, maybe they won't try that whole keep everybody together and win a championship thing again. Maybe they will. Who knows? But you'd like to think he's got a shot from there at advancing to Indianapolis by season's end in his age 21 year. And this is yet another example of why whenever anyone brings up uh, when are the Pirates going to get good again, Uh, when are they going to start adding to payroll to start filling in holes, the reason that you get that hem and haw from Charrington and everyone else associated with the organization isn't because they're trying to be cheapskates or kick the can down the road or anything like that. At least that's my sense of it. Rather, it's that they know that this kid is projected, and reasonably so, to be pitching off the mound at PNC Park in 2023, which isn't that long from now. And when Charrington gives that smiling response, uh, when anyone asks him about when the Pirates expect to be good again, and he's always saying, sooner than most people would think, it's partly cynicism because he knows most people think never, but it's also reality because 2023 isn't that long from now. And we can monitor the progress of prospects, real prospects, very good prospects like Priester and wonder if maybe there isn't even something more because of so little information at hand, less than ever. When we come back, just one question. Welcome back. It's time for J1Q, and today's comes from Ryan Porter, who asks, DK, do you think the Pirates are going to trade Brian Reynolds for picks, or are they going to get a long-term deal done with him? Ryan, before I begin to answer this, I'm going to apologize because I'm going to pick on you for citing picks and for really going for the lowest possible hanging fruit when it comes to talking about this baseball team. You can't trade draft picks in baseball. So I'll start with that. For as often as I hear lines like that, they just trade all their good players for picks. You can't trade draft picks in baseball. You just can't. It's not allowed. No one does it because you can't. And what's more, Reynolds isn't going to be traded. I am aware that his name gets floated an awful lot. And that has way more to do with the culture of baseball fandom anymore than it does anything else. Everyone presumes that the Pirates are going to trade every single player that they have without paying any attention whatsoever to what the Pirates are doing. And you know what? I don't blame them for the latter part. If I'm a fan of the Dodgers or the Yankees or whatever, I couldn't care less what's going on in Pittsburgh, much less the organization below the top level. Why should I? Who the hell are the Pirates? Who the hell are their prospects? I don't care what they're doing. All I know 
is that this number 10 out there really hurt us over the course of this series. He looks like a good ball player, and we'd like to have him, meaning we, the fans of such and such team. So you'll see a lot of things get invented just out of thin air. And it's going to continue related to Reynolds, Kebrian Hayes, and, you know, when they get here, the Quinn Priesters and so forth. That's just life. To some extent, the Pirates have made that bed, so they've got to lay in it because they have moved players for prospects. But at the same time, what you haven't seen them do, except for one incredibly idiotic trade, was to move young guys. That trade, of course, being the Chris Archer trade in which Neil Huntington and Kyle Stark thought it was a good idea to send Tyler Glass now, Austin Meadows, and Shane Boz, who is now the Rays' number one pitching prospect. Everyone forgets about Boz. I didn't at the time. I knew how highly people around the industry had thought of him. Mind-numbing stuff still. However, those guys who made that trade have long since been fired, and you haven't seen anything from Charrington that looks even remotely like it. Furthermore, if the Pirates, these Pirates under this management, were to move Reynolds right now, unless it were for the most obscenely and obviously lopsided return, you would see a backlash from whatever is left of this fan base that would make all other backlashes pale by comparison. And I don't believe that'll benefit them in any way because it does have to be remembered that there is a business component to all sports and all sports franchises. Reynolds, for anybody who doesn't know, has four years left of control under the Pirates. That's a long time to know you're going to have a player. It's going to take him through his age 30 season. He's going to be here for a while, whether they sign him to an extension now or whether they do it in the future or whether they don't do it at all. You're still going to get a lot of value out of having Reynolds here. But I know that's not enough for people because of either A, narratives, or B, irrational fears about losing players 5, 10, even 15 years into the future. It's crazy talk. This sort of thing, one player staying with one team, happens very, very rarely in baseball, even with the richer teams, much less those that don't have that kind of revenue. Not every player that everyone likes is going to have a statue built of them in town eventually. It's just not how modern baseball works. For every Joey Votto that becomes a fixture in a city like Cincinnati, where the revenues aren't that great either, there are a million of everyone else. I appreciate the question. I do. Again, I don't mean to, to pick on you with it. It's not why I chose the question. I just find it healthy 
to have Brian Reynolds' future come up every once in a while on this program. We will do another one of these programs tomorrow.